Hey, welcome to Trucking After Hours. It's the week of April 6th, 2000 plus 20. Wowza. I like that music. Yeah. I've been looking around, digging out for some other stuff for a little <laughs> bump, a little transition. But you know, this got a little uh, kickback driving in the black Trans Am weather song, huh? Anyway, yeah, welcome to Trucking After Hours. Buck Ballard here. Don, the beer guy here. And yeah. of course, manning all things Facebook. The Castle Curator, Chris. Yes. I'm wearing the other hoodie today. Jock. <laughs> I forgot to change. <laughs> I usually wear the Trucking Podcast hoodie. Anybody asks, we will keep that name forever. The site is still up and uh, still getting a, a few thousand visits every month and all is well over there. But Trucking After Hours is growing, and it, it's neat to see. It's just now starting to grow its little Google baby teeth and get some ranking. So I guess I need to just keep writing and crank out some good stuff. You've been hearing us talk about Trucker's Edge for a good four years now. They've been great friends of the show, and we are proud of our affiliation with Trucker's Edge. Again, Trucker's Edge powered by DAT, only the best load board in the industry. More loads, more brokers. You can get days to pay. You can get credit scores. You can get 15-day lane averages. You can even get tri-haul services. You can cancel it at any time. But here is the coolest part. Go to truckingafterhours.com slash edge or just go to Trucking After Hours and look for the ad in the sidebar. You can sign up there for any one of their three plans absolutely free for 30 days. So run that out for uh, 28 days. See what you think. If you don't like it, cancel it. We think you'll like it. We think you'll stay. And again, truckingafterhours.com slash edge or just go to the website and check it out, guys. We know you will be happy. What do we have tonight, Don? We have some cool stuff. I, I th what did I title this show? Trucking is for the birds? And yes. you people have gone mad. <laughs> I like it. That's, it's true. That's, it kind of covers both uh, both news stories that we have. Although I question the authenticity of the first one because it's CNN. And I did find several other sources. I love Fake news. Yep. I love this headline, though. A turkey smashed through a semi-windshield and walked away from the crash. Well, yeah, because they got to make it the trucker's fault. Yoki jeez. Well, I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think they quite went that far, but I'm sure they would if they could. And this is, uh, this is just, just down the road a ways, at least for me. It's a couple hours farther away from you guys now. This was over in Egan, Minnesota. And, uh, yeah, turkey... Kind of cruising through the air a little bit, and out of nowhere, right in his way, here comes the semi-truck. And looking at the picture, I mean, that, that did a decent amount of damage to that oh, yeah. cab. Well, it looks like a, a one-piece windshield. Uh, well, what's left of a one-piece windshield. Looks like a big Freightliner. Yeah. Freightliner or Volvo, the way those doors drop towards the front. Now, it is a little bit misleading because it says... Through the windshield and didn't reading the story down, didn't the bird? It didn't go all the way through. It lodged the, the about halfway lodged through, didn't in it? the yep. windshield. Yes, it did. And uh, the funny thing is, the state cop, the guy walked away, the driver walked away. Obviously, he didn't drive away with a shattered windshield. Not and, legally. <laughs> no. And the bird struggled. Waddled away into the woods after the trooper, uh, trooper pulled it out. <laughs> I think I would have shot it and taken it home for dinner. 
I would have eaten that thing. Thanks. I hit a turkey once on some backcountry road, and literally only thing it did, what it did, it completely knocked out the entire headlight assembly. <laughs> on the, uh, I, was, I was driving a, a Freightliner Columbia. The whole headlight, gone. Like I, I looked in the mirror to see, okay, where'd this turkey go? Because I saw a bunch of them in the, in the ditch, and one kind of took off at an angle. And I felt the thud, and I looked in the mirror to see if I could see the turkey. And I didn't see turkey. All I saw was just hundreds of shiny little pieces of metal and glass and plastic. And well, what the hell did he break? So I stopped and get out. There's a giant hole where my headlight was supposed to be. Not a sign of this turkey anywhere. Oh, wow. <laughs> no clue where the damn thing went. But I was thinking the same thing as you. I'm like, hey, sweet, fresh turkey tonight. But no. I'll throw it in the trailer and take it home. But nope, no clue where he went. Well, there was a time when I think when we had uh, the Mountaineer, I had a rock chip, a really good rock chip in the windshield. And dad, through his connection, sent, went and saw this guy down in, can't remember what town he was in now. Um, but anyway, he fixes the, the chips, you know, as long as they're not in your. Oh, that was down by Bloomer somewhere. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He was late for the appointment, but. The reason he was late is he had been fixing a whole windshield, obviously replacing it, because the, this older couple had hit a turkey, and it literally took the entire windshield out. And Oof. it actually injured the guy driving. Wow. And wow. I had no clue turkeys would do anything like that. We were fairly new to Wisconsin. Didn't see those in Idaho or Oregon, so... Was like, Not unless oh. they're frozen and wrapped in plastic. <laughs> exactly. They have the little temperature thing that pops up. <laughs> yep. With the nipple timer. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I caught a rock through a windshield in a, uh, well, that was in the 2010 Freightliner I was driving in 2016. And uh, that toasted, not quite that big, but it, it put a hole in the si in the passenger side of the windshield enough to let air pass through. It was not going to be repaired. I needed a new windshield. And it's funny, you call the dealer, we can get it in in two days, it'll be about 400 bucks. I get it to the terminal in Dayton, Ohio, and the guy shows up at 8 o'clock next morning, puts it in in about 45 minutes, and it was under $200. Nice. It's a common enough windshield in, in those bigger trucks, but now you go to like an international, or like my three the 379 Peterbilts I ran, It was they were split windshields, so you could only yep. replace one side. It was, I think... 57 bucks or 56 bucks a side from the dealer. It was pretty cheap. Yeah. Ours then, are fairly inexpensive on the, uh, the Freightliners that we have. They have that split windshield too. And the first time I, I got enough rock chips in one, it had to be replaced. I thought that's going to be a spendy bill. And no, it's, I think we're like 125 after labor. You know, I, I mean, they, they keep five for the passenger side, five for the driver's side yeah. in the shop. We take all our stuff, too, because, we I mean, we burn through them like crazy. Now, here's something most people don't realize. Do you know why you can't flip them around, driver's side to passenger side? Because they're angled differently. They should be angled exactly the same and, and interchangeable if, if the vehicle is, what's the word, I'm a, uh, sy symmetrical? Perfectly. Yeah, symmetrical, side to side. There, I've never seen they, one. I believe they're slightly sloped upwards. No, the, the, on the Peterbilts, they were exactly the same. But the reason you couldn't switch them around is because safety glass is two layers of glass together and it's a tempered glass and then it has that plastic in the between. The film them. inside. Right. But the outside layer is much heavier than the inside layer. 
So there is a dedicated left and a dedicated right. Even if they're exactly the same, other than that, you can't flip them over. But why not? Your outside glass would still be your outside. No, it, it would be your inside because although they're symmetrical, there's a bit of a, uh, they're a parallelogram, but they're not uh, perfectly square. Okay, I've had way too many beers to start throwing around <laughs> parallelograms. Okay. Okay. Move on. Just because I'm teaching my kid at school now, not by choice, but because I have to, doesn't mean I'm smart. Well, you know, with that, as long as we're speaking of dumb shits, let's go to talking about the travel plan. You are not one, though, Don. No, no. I, I'm, I don't I'm, know. I, I am... saw the, uh, the, the perfect Facebook post the other day as, as I'm reading through, okay, what our lesson plan is for this week for homeschooling. <laughs> it was a, a friend of mine who happens to be a teacher. Uh, she said, you know, you ever stop to think that in 20 years, the world is going to be run by a bunch of kids who are homeschooled by day drinkers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yep. <laughs> All right, son. If I've had six beers, then I have six more beers. <laughs> How many beers have I had? Too many. <laughs> <laughs> Not you a fail. Just enough to drive to the corner and get more. <laughs> That's right. All right, move on. Okay. And this is actually out of uh, Freight Waves. Industry groups urge states to cut truckers' slack at travel plazas. And uh, did you read this at all, Don? Did I did. And, and this article makes, honestly, a, a lot of sense. I know things are a little more difficult with all of the social distancing and, and people wanting more space, keeping things cleaner. You're not in and out. I've noticed this even in you know a small gas station filling up my car. You're not in and out as quickly anymore. Uh, they're, they've done I'm changes on credit card machines, changes on touch screens. They're wiping stuff down all the time. You can't rob a bank like that. They can still see your face. <laughs> I've I've got my mask I've, ready. I've, I've honestly I've been waiting to go. What's with the dicky? <laughs> <laughs> it's an ascot. It's a trucker ascot <laughs> over a hoodie. <laughs> That's my mask. I put it on and forgot. Anyway, That's all right. so and yeah, they're they're talking about you know you're you're stopping into the truck stop. You wanna? I need to get fuel. I'm gonna grab something to eat. Maybe get a shower. Get back on the road. You know, I we need this stuff that that people are hauling right now. The grocery stores need stuff. You know, things need to get moving. The world doesn't stop just because there's you know the black plague. And these truck stops are are getting slower. It's taking longer to get in and out. And you, well, you and can't that. You know, you're gonna stop fuel up and grab a burger, it should take you 20 minutes and you're sitting there for two hours. Well, and they're t here's what gets me in reading this article. They're talking about they stop at the door and make sure they only have the maximum amount allowed by fire code to be in there. Mm -hmm. Okay, you have a pilot that fuels hundreds of trucks a day. You've got guys standing in line. And, and in this article, according to NATSO, truck stops and travel plazas frequently average 28,000 square feet large enough to practice six foot safe social distancing while search while servicing truck drivers have they ever been in a freaking pilot they're the size <laughs> of a plaid pantry yeah and they have just as many fuel pumps as the big guys 
And I, there's two things that irritate me here is number one, they, they leave out the fact that no, these aren't service plaza. These are convenience stores with showers, maybe a fast food joint. Yeah. Overpriced convenience stores at that. But I mean, they do not have the square footage for social distancing. They need, no. a, they need a better plan. But why are some of the big fleets that are trying to, we're, we're taking care of our employees. We're taking care of, we got you covered through the, coro- the, the coronavirus. Great. Let me fuel out a petrol where I can be safe and stay six feet away from people. Yeah. Oh, no, we get a better fuel price. Okay, then I guess you're not looking out for me. Why right, are, then you don't care. Why are you still fueling your trucks at Pilot? Because they're too right. damn cheap to keep you safe. Yep. I don't know. That's, that's my rant. But, yeah, find me a Pilot with 28,000 square feet. No. Maybe <laughs> with the parking lot. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I know the, the one that we fill up right on Highway 8 there in Barron, uh, not a big place. They did a big remodel here not that long ago and, and added on, but they now have it limited to eight people. Yeah, that's total. all they can do. Eight people total, uh, and that's for the the gas station aspect of it, the diesel pump side of it, the fast food restaurant that's in there. And, you know, yeah, it's it's a pain in the butt, even for me just to go up and, you know, if I'm filling up, Literally, I need to fill up. I go in and I sign my name. That's all I have to do. Yeah. But you go and then lift the nozzle and press, you know, pay inside and you'll hear a voice. Okay. Um, we have eight in here. As soon as two people leave, we'll let you know when you can come in. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, well, uh, I'm just pump my gas or my diesel if I'm on the diesel pumps and it's, you know, I don't want to wait. Who knows how long they're going to be in there if they're waiting for fast food and, you know, how much does this cost you? Because you have, you know, a couple of people in the fast food restaurant, one or two cashiers. Do you seriously have somebody walking around just counting everybody? Yeah, they have to be. Somebody's got to be standing at the door with them. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It is. I know our, our local Walmart now has started doing that. Yeah, they all have. You know, and, and appropriately so. I mean... Nothing against Walmart, but I'm sorry. That's where it's going to spread, at least in our small town. Yeah. Because you have six other towns coming to our Walmart. Yeah. You, Rice Lake has a population of what? Under 9,000, like 8,500 people? Yeah, 85 to 8,700. But it is the probably shopping hub for 100,000? Yeah. It, it, that's it. Because the people are coming in from the farming cities and Farming cities and the outlying towns that don't have anything that big. And, and yeah, I mean, it's traffic is down to, you know, any normal time, but Walmart is still packed. And you drive by there at five o'clock on a Thursday and it looks like Black Friday. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and it's, uh, I won't go there. I don't care if they're the last place open. I, I refuse to go there. Good for you. I I do it with the gun held to my head (laughs) because sometimes you have, sometimes you if you need something quick and there's not a store open that carries something that unfortunately Walmart does. Right. Hey, let's get to the "You People Have Gone Mad" segment of the show. I think we are there. I think you started (laughs) us off there, actually. Well, kind of, and no. And I I stole that headline from Jalopnik, who has a great article called. The average new car loan is now over 70 months because you people have gone mad. <laughs> oh, it's true. I, I mean, 
six year car, and that's average. It's something for seventy months. Guys are well, their guys are buying trucks for eighty. I, one guy at work, seven year loan on an F two fifty. No thanks. Why do you need a loan? Why do you need to buy a truck that costs more than you make in a year? Yeah, I I, I don't understand. Why do you think you have any business buying a truck that costs more than you make in a year? Well, it's, it's and like, especially if you have to finance it out that far. And had negative you know, equity in the vehicle you traded five, in. Five years, okay, maybe. You know, I I would never want to owe on anything for five years other than our house. You know, to me, if, and especially like you said, you drive it off the lot and it's not worth what it's going to be by the time you get done paying it off. You know, it's it's ridiculous. But five years, to me at least, is about as long as you should finance something. And if you can't afford to pay it off in five years with reasonable payments, you probably don't need it. And, you know, I am not a big fan. I mean, leasing has its place. But if you are going to go with a six-year or seven-year loan, maybe leasing is an option because at least in three years you can walk away. Right. Um, But if you're buried in your trade and you got to get out of it and you got to get something else, do a 36 or even a 39 month lease. Cause at least when the 39 months is over, you're done being tortured with huge payments and you have a chance to walk away as long as you didn't, you know, drive the living hell out of the car and beat it up. Right. Um, you, you do have some responsibility to what that car is like in three years. Oh and, yeah. And that's kind of the interesting piece. But, uh, yeah, the average they're talking, um, what is the average? Yeah. Oh, they're over $5,000. Um, Buried in their trade. Just some interesting stats in here on what people are doing. Yeah, 4.7% of new, oh yeah, 4.7 loans compared to 3.6. Interest rates are going up on car loans a little bit. That's kind of funny because rates are going down. I think the risk factor has something to do with that. But uh, yeah, that segues right into the next article. That one. That was um, from what, CNBC? CNBC. Sorry, guys. But but it's a good one, and again, just trying to find something with. I didn't need the smart aleck twist, and I don't want to give so much credit to Jalopnik, even though they have have stuff on it too. This is interesting because the truck market in the coronavirus world is going nuts. It it is, and I already know one person who bought a new F one fifty with their stimulus money that they haven't received yet as a down payment. <laughs> well, they sure they sure figured that out quick. <laughs> that did not. That's right out. up there with yeah. Just bring in your tax return. Yeah. Oh man, we'll yeah. hold on to it for you. Yeah, we'll 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 <laughs> file it and just keep that e trade money when it comes up. Cons- yep. Yeah, this is interesting. Consumers flock to pickup trucks with zero percent financing offers and deferred payments amid the cor- coronavirus panade- pandemic. Pandemic. <laughs> pandemic. Pandemic. Oh, sorry about that, guys. It is Sunday yeah. night. Biggest it, share of, of the market since 2006 was pickup trucks. Well, and I think Ford, it was either Ford or Chevy. I think it was Ford. We will defer your first payment for 90 days and then we'll make your first three payments. Yes. So, yeah, your first payment six months down the road. Six months down the road. Which, so, okay, that that is enticing. But what's that thing going to cost you, you know? Yeah, you're carrying, even though it's only 5%, you bought a you know $55,000 truck that you're carrying 5% interest on for an extra six months. Yeah. Do the math. You're, you're, that's an extra <laughs> 11, 1200 bucks right there. And let's be honest. 
are they really paying those three payments or are they just buried in your next five years worth of payments? Thank you very much. <laughs> yep. That money came out of somebody's ass and it's probably and it's not, not theirs. Ford's. <laughs> it's probably not theirs. I go back and think years ago, we've, we've done this on cars. We did it on a travel trailer once on, on our, when we bought the full size travel trailer back when the kids were little. Uh, you go to the dealer, you work out your deal, and then you tell them, no, I want that first payment kicked down the road 90 days. Because that's the farthest out they can stretch it. Yeah. And then at about 88 days, you go to your bank and refinance it at a lower interest rate with the first payment due in 90 days. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I've done that more than once. It's <laughs> all right. You know, you do what you got to do to get ahead, and then you you know spend that money on other things like camping trips in the camper that you're not going to pay for until <laughs> winter time, <laughs> and then pray you sell more cars next summer so you can afford to yeah, pay for it to make up for it. <laughs> Sometimes you got to wreck the truck to get the insurance money to make the truck payment. <laughs> I believe uh, that quote came from Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah, truck sales are actually up. The uptick in uh, automobile sales is all. Pickup trucks, and I guarantee you, too many of those guys are doing long-term financing. Yeah. Well, I thought it was funny too to read. You, you get down to the bottom of the article, and they actually break it down by brand. And Ram was the the biggest gainer with a seven percent increase. Wow. Uh, GM truck and SUVs were up six point seven. Uh, Ford actually declined in the first quarter. Oh, wow. 13%. That's amazing. Well, it's because they don't have one of those 27-position tailgates like GMC does. That must be <laughs> it. And they only have 22 viewing cameras instead of 26. This is true. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm mad at Chevrolet because that uh, lady CEO has just been behaving like an idiot, sending jobs overseas after, you know, GM took a lot of bailout money. They owe us something. They did. They so, took a lot. Speaking of GM and dealers or companies taking a lot of money. I want some money. Well, how about cash for clunkers coming back? Hey, now that was a great deal. That worked out just wonderful. Well, and it appears, where did I find this one? Car and driver. Doctor. Car and driver. I have been doing and some. And there's, there's only one manufacturer who's really talking about this. And they're the only ones that didn't take bailout money, but they really no. want cash for clunkers back. Here's what I don't know. The last cash for clunkers was 2009. Was the same management running Ford then as now? I would doubt it, but I mean, you would think yeah. they would have learned something because we have some interesting twists on that. But yeah, Ford is begging the U.S. government, please, please, please bring us back cash for clunkers. Yeah. Now, what does Ford make for cars nowadays? Oh... I mean, I honestly, I couldn't tell you. Cash the for, only commercials you see are trucks. Cash for clunkers did not give you money on a truck. No. It was fuel-efficient Car. cars. They were very specific about that. So unless everybody yep. wants, I don't know, maybe a four-banger Mustang or what's – they only kept two cars. Do they make the Fusion anymore? Either the Fusion or the Focus or one of those they make because there's going to be a, an e-version of it or a hybrid version of it or some stupid thing. Um, yeah. But uh, which uh, who is the who is the senator in that article? Uh, Schumer, Chucky Chuck Schumer. Schumer. Chucky Schumer has actually said uh, before Ford brought anything up that he he thinks we should be doing that 
right now as long as you're buying an electric vehicle. Chuck Schumer is an idiot. Because what you really need to do <laughs> when we're in a very uncertain time with the economy and any one of us could lose our jobs any day is sign a seven-year loan or a 70-month loan for a big-ass car payment. That really ah, makes a lot of sense. The government will help you. Yes. <laughs> Did Now, we're going to just uh, jump right into the next article because right now it's all concept. There's no serious talk of it, although, I don't know, maybe some of you people take Chuck Schumer seriously. I honestly think Pelosi and Schumer together look like they should be running a funeral home, and I wouldn't let them touch any dead bodies I know. Did you say they escaped from a funeral home? <laughs> <laughs> they look like it. Oh, man. I think that's one of the reasons um, I lost two people on Facebook. They got a little upset about us. Going just a little political now and then. Nothing hardcore. I heard the best theory of the coronavirus yet. Yeah. Okay, there's all of these, you know, uh, end-of-the-world theories and everything else. The best theory I heard, shiny object. Yellowstone is getting ready to erupt, and this is how they're going to keep us all in their houses. Oh, the supervolcano. The supervolcano. Well, hey, guess what? Your house ain't stopping the supervolcano. Probably not, but we have had, since this started, a small earthquake in Salt Lake City and a mm -hmm. bigger earthquake in Idaho. <laughs> yes. Interesting. Now, and a worldwide run on toilet paper. And yes, there we go. <laughs> Which would burn very quick under the volcano. <laughs> Cash for clunkers, how bad policy gets made. This is just great. This is out of the Boston Globe, which I wouldn't consider. It's out of the Boston Globe, but it's they. this isn't just them coming up with numbers. They, they had a study completed by uh, the Brookings Institute. Which is a left-leaning organization. Yes. Agonization also, because it's left-leaning. Texas A&M. It is agonizing. They, you know, but they came up with some interesting things, and uh, they're talking about, and there's more failures than they listed. Um, but I love just, I was writing down some notes on this, and then I thought this is too good to write down notes. We need to actually... Um, identify exactly what their headlines in and there are in the article. And there will be a link to this article in the show notes for the podcast. So on your phone, you can go to the show notes and in whatever app you're using, and you should be able to click on it and open it because it's interesting. But the first one, I love this, is uh, getting caught up in the hoopla. I mean, this is a big advertising blitz is what it is. It's marketing. Oh, it, is. it is. We're going to give X amount of money to you no matter what piece of crap you bring in here. We're going to help them buy cars, get better fuel mileage. Everything is going to be great. Yep. Um, they use the word. It's a politician's dream, honestly. Yes. They use the word cash. You're getting free cash. Forty five hundred um, bucks. Even spell it with the dollar sign instead of the S just yes. to make that, you know, drive that point home. I think all you had to do is drive it in. And I think it might have had to still be registered. Yeah, um, But it had to drive in. It wasn't a push-pull or drag. It was a drive, even no. though the car went in a dumpster before it left the dealer. Yep. Um, I love the second one. Ignore the reality and complexity of human behavior. And this is something automobile manufacturers have fought with for decades now over rebates. Yeah. If I have too many F-150s on my lot, let's just pick on Ford because they're big and they're an easy target. Right. Let's put a $5,000 rebate on those F-150s. or at 70. Sweet. So, yeah, it might sell those F-150s, but did it create 
new F-150 buyers or did it just steal the F-150 buyers that were going to buy one in six months anyway? Statistically, it's going to go that second group. Exactly. The ones that they're looking to buy one and they're just kind of waiting, pricing things out and, oh, well, you know, that is a pretty good incentive. Let's, we're going to do it now and we're not going to wait. And cash for clunkers did the same damn thing. The other thing cash for clunkers did, the kind of person who could take advantage of cash for clunkers wasn't the poor schmuck driving the Ford Temple that just needed a newer economy car. No. It, it was upper middle class that could take advantage of the program because right. the people who needed the most help. Well, they you got, don't qualify. Yeah, you don't qualify for the loan. They got screwed two ways in this, and this is just the first way. The other way they got screwed is because since these cars were destroyed, a year later, the average used car price was 10% higher because some idiot crashed all the clunkers into a big old dumpster. So there was really no way to win. And we haven't gotten into the environmental environmental impact of crash crash for crash for clunkers welcome to the tasmanian devil of <laughs> oh boy i guess <laughs> but the the and i think we've talked about that on the show before the environmental impact was tremendous because it's a big footprint manufacturing a new car and you just eliminated the footprint saved by making that old used car, you know, tuned up and run as efficiently and economically as possible for the longest time possible. Yeah. You took it off the market. Just crush it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think what's going on, part of it with Schumer is I was listening to Autoline Detroit, and this was from a, a, maybe a month or so back, but the guy was making the case on how Tesla will never recover from this. They have run out of their tax credits from the government. So yeah. now their cars are now $7,500 more money. Some of these other companies are running out of their tax credits. Yeah, give me money from the electric cars, and I'm sure it won't be any 4900 bucks this time or $4,500. it will be more. It's goofy. Enough of that. What do you say we move on to this week in beer? I like beer. Well, we need to like this first. <laughs> I dig it. Uh, I'm going to jump into the one from entrepreneur.com. This is a good um, story. You know, this this is a, a good story. And I know at least around here, a few other places that are doing stuff like this. I'm sure where you guys are. I mean, this these kinds of stories are happening all over the country and probably all over the world now. And unfortunately, there's just not enough news coverage of stuff like that. You no. know, I I used to watch way too much news and I, I needed to stop. It was just too depressing. I have too much other stuff to worry about. And it's like, you know, turn the news on. Give me that 10, 15 minute update about what's going wrong. And then give me more stories like this. Exactly. Uh, this is in Long Beach, California. Um, I've actually never heard of a beer lab. Kind of like the name. I, yeah, I think that's the name of their microbrewery, isn't it? Yes. And back out and open it back up. <laughs> there we go. These guys uh, put their heads together, though, and got creative. They did. Um yeah, the Long Beach Beer Lab. 
was the was the name of their place. It's a husband and wife that own it. Uh, they've owned it for about three years, and it was a uh, a microbrewery and a gastro pub. So they make it's not a beer and a burgers joint. It's uh, you're gonna have some fuzzy flannel shirt ale that tastes like God knows what. And some kind of food that you can't pronounce, but it goes perfectly with this beer. They have since changed because, okay, hey, you can't have people coming in anymore. Uh, There's only so much business you can do offering, I'll make you a pizza to go or a six-pack to go. You, You don't always pay the bills doing that. No. Because of their connections with distributors... And having a small partial restaurant in there, they came up with the idea of, hey, there's people on our block that can't get eggs. We can get, you know, half a truck full of eggs once a week. They can't get flour. We can get, you know, 100 pounds of flour every other day. They switched their business from a a gastro pub and a bar to basically a uh, little neighborhood grocery store. You know, you're not going to be able to go in there and get your week's worth of groceries, but you need a gallon of milk. You need a dozen eggs. It's it's right down the street. Well, the bottom line is you have a loading dock in the back or something similar and stuff yep. comes in and then there are products going out your front door that maybe are consumed inside or outside, but we still have access to these products. What can we, what can we yeah. really think outside of the box and do along what? with just packaged food? Right. And yeah, they're, and you know they they're they're filling a need. Uh they're they're probably benefiting their community. Yeah. And they're they're making a little money too. And and they're keeping afloat and they'll live to fight another day, which a lot of these companies won't. Especially yeah. these little local taverns that are, you know, getting by month to month check to check. It's it's un- very unfortunate for the places like that. We're already starting to get letters that we we are surrendering our liquor license. We and it's been three weeks. Yeah. You know, three weeks is the, the make or break time for some of these little places. And it's it's a shame. So it's it's nice to see somebody that, you know, could have tried to fight and, and maybe held on too long, which burns through maybe some, some rainy day money. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, held on praying for the government to come help them out. But no, said, no, we we want to fight. And not just fight for our business, but we want to fight for the neighborhood. Yeah. You know, the the city, the village, wherever they live. And, and it, there is stuff like that going on all over the country. Well, and we were talking today when we're both fortunate and the jobs we have are probably not going anywhere. You know, working in a toilet yeah. paper plant has its, has its pros <laughs> and cons. <laughs> but, as, uh, as, a, as does a beer distributor. <laughs> yeah. And, and like when this when this kicks back, when everything is done... You know, we owe something to those local businesses that are still there, and, and we're blessed to be yeah. able to shop those, and we'll shop them a little more than the big box stores by by far. Oh yeah, so um, the like I was telling you guys before the show, the the little restaurant that we went to, just grabbed, and it was, I think our whole meal was twenty five thirty bucks. You know, it wasn't much. You know, it's not going to help keep them open a month. It's it's a little something for them, but. Um, you know, when when an owner is actually coming out of the kitchen to personally 
hand me my bagged up meal and a, a very heartfelt thank you. Yeah, you know, that's that's the stuff where you go, yeah, this is this is the right thing. This is better than going to Walmart and, and getting groceries. Yeah, you know, I will. I will do this a couple of times a week. Yeah. You just feel better for doing it. You're, you're a you better do. person. Yeah, very much so. We have a. Oh, do you want to do the other story real quick? We should, because this one, this is uh, this, this is, is very revel. revel <laughs> I'm relevant. drinking your beer, Don. <laughs> you are your That's father's son. <laughs> Mine's non-alcoholic. What's your what's your excuse? 5.5. <laughs> yeah. But this is his first time flubbing yeah. up. What's your excuse? <laughs> yeah, but I so, produced the show, so I don't have this on record. Where I can push a button and always play it. So it's not even a, a scientific data package of <laughs> I will have you know I tend to throw that word around a lot now I love that word hey, and this is not the scientific way to do it <laughs> no. oh I love it. it it will stick forever in the trucking in, in, yeah in the trucking podcast lexicon yeah, okay Don back to second story back to back to beer so this one uh, I don't know if anybody that listens is a a fan of Corona Beer, <laughs> I Corona used to Extra, be. Corona Light. I, I am. I, I really enjoy uh, Corona, but this isn't just Corona. This is going to be Corona, Modelo, Ducati, Dos Equis. The majority of your uh, brewed in Mexico beers, uh, the Mexican government just declared breweries non-essential. Well, that is probably because the cartels have plenty of things to uh, mess with there. This <laughs> is true. So they are, uh, and they're doing it smart. It's not just an instant, okay, as of, you know, five o'clock today, you're all let off. They are slowly scaling down production over, and, and I don't remember what the deadline was on when they were completely shut down. They're going to have as many people as possible work from home, uh, much like companies are doing up here. But they want to have it set up so that when the, they do get to open back up, you don't know how many people are still going to be sitting at home waiting for that job. Yeah, that's the downside. So they've, they've got it set up so that they can open up with minimal staff. It's not like we need all 10,000 people to come back right away or we can't start anything. Uh, but it, it is it is a shame. It is. It's sad to see it's, it's another tragedy. And then hopefully they will be up and running again soon. Fully. We're five days in and uh, hopefully this will last April and be done. I found a really good big rolling turd for today. <laughs> that sounds horrible. We haven't <laughs> done a big rolling turd. I found a really good big rolling turd today. <laughs> Just walking in the park, and there it is. I had a hot turd. cup of coffee and some oatmeal. And <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I was in prison once. Anyway, I mean, think about this. Ford in 1990 bought Jaguar. 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 However the hell you want to call it. So my big rolling turd would be anything in that XJ series in 1991. <laughs> because Ford so screwed up when they bought Jaguar. <laughs> I, seriously, Jaguar. What, what's the joke about Jaguar? Where's your Jaguar Honestly, at any given know. time when someone asks? It's in the shop. I don't know. I've never had a Jaguar. No, but well, I always wanted one when I was little. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I will say um, 
They invested a ton of money in research into their hood ornaments. <laughs> yes, they you did. You can't rip those damn things off. No. <laughs> it's not like the Mercedes ones where you just twist it 90 degrees and pull really hard and pop, they come off. <laughs> pop it and run. But here's my thought. You had two choices of engines in the XJ Series Jaguars. You had an inline six that put out less than 200 horsepower. And that V12 that everything I can find is up in the high twos. And it might have been a, a sweet sounding engine, but, you know, 260, 270 horsepower. We're not talking neck wrenching torque like today. No. And Jaguars broke down a lot. So here Ford comes in and buys it. Jaguars a rear wheel drive car. They make a T-Bird Super Coupe. I think there was, and I remember saying this in that buyout, there's finally going to be a Jaguar that you can drive every and day. some snort to it. Yeah, and yeah, it's going to have some snort to it, and it's not going to break down. It's not going to be plagued with problems. Because all you have to do is take the T-Bird Super Coupe, stick the drivetrain in that Jaguar body, and you've got it made. Yep. And it never happened. Um <laughs> And that's what I was going for when I named that the big rolling turd this week. But I did find some interesting things in the history of Jaguar or Jaguar. Well, however you want to call it. What when I was five, it was Jaguar. Jaguar? Yeah, because that's what I wanted, a Jaguar XKE. I think that should be the official name for trucking after hours for the Jaguar. The, the Jaguar. <laughs> now, here, here's the interesting thing. Jaguar started out as the... Swallow Sidecar Company. They were making sidecars for motorcycles. Okay. So Swallow Sidecar Company. Then they became involved with, um, I think, Standard Automobile or somebody else in Europe, um, making full production cars, the entire vehicle. So instead of calling it the Swallow Sidecar Company, which started in what, like 1912 or something like that, now they were just SS Automobiles. Well, in okay. comes World War II, and you know, that's really not a good name in 1945. Not SS, no. No. <laughs> so they had to drop that, and instead of calling it the SS Jaguar, they just changed the whole company name to Jaguar. Huh. And then it went through a few owners, and uh, Ford owned both that and Range Rover for a while. And, uh, I don't know, Range Rover, I think, had some bad branding from way back. There's some neat vehicles, but uh, odd branding. Um, but darn it, that Jaguar, they should have had, it should have followed the mechanical lineage of T-Bird because that Super Coupe yeah. was a good car. That was like 250, 240, something like that. It was respectable horsepower. Yeah, it was decent. And it was fun. You hit the gas and it went. It was rear wheel drive. It would have been the perfect drive chain and it would have fit. If it fit in the front end of that T-Bird, it would have fit in the front end of a Jaguar or a well, ja Jaguar, excuse me. I think I can probably count on one hand the number of Jaguar commercials you see. I mean, I don't, at least around here, I think I've seen maybe three in the last 10 years of Jaguars, the actual cars. But you, they're commercials when you do see them. They're, they're boring. Yes. They, they don't make the car look fast. They don't make them look sporty. They don't make them look overly luxurious. You know, it's just, here's a Jaguar cruising down the road. That's, that's it. Well, here's the interesting thing with advertising today. With cable companies, with and unlike network TV where it was a national signal and a local signal, um, 
It's so much easier to do, not just on TV, but on radio, on podcasts, on everywhere. Spotify, I can sign up for their advertising where we're hosting this. And maybe they get um, a truck dealer that wants to advertise in the Midwest. And they're only going to advertise with not just podcasts that are produced in the Midwest, because this is all over the country, but they only want to be heard in the Midwest. Right. So through the analytics of these Streaming companies, uh, everything from Roku to Anchor to so many of these other companies where you will host your podcast is the ability for what they call dynamic ad insertion, where, hey, it sees I'm from Green Bay. I'm going to get an ad for an F-150, but if you were from Sacramento, you might be getting an ad for Jaguar. Right. Listening to the same show. So the yeah. ex- you downloaded the same podcast. It's just the way it works. And yeah, that's it's just it's, what ads they put in. Yeah. So they decide their market. Which is fine because around here, I'd much rather have that F-150. I agree. Totally agree. With that, let's uh, back this thing up. Feedback at uh, truckingpodcast.com is just fine. Or, of course, truckingafterhours at gmail.com. Or just go to Facebook, which is still facebook.com slash truckingpodcast. It is. Because after everywhere. all, Trucking After Hours is still the Trucking Podcast. It is. <laughs> Always will be. And we will talk to you all next week. Maybe we can get back, to, safe. get back to how many sleeps. Yes, we will do that next week. Shiny side up, guys. Thanks for listening. Stay safe out there. Wash your hands. My life is drowned in the Coffee, sleep, and work. I am not boring. I just stick to what I know.